Welcome to Paychecks Thrive, a business podcast where you'll hear timely insights to help you navigate marketplace dynamics and propel your business forward. Here's your host, Gene Marks. Hey, everybody, it's Gene Marks again. Thank you so much for listening and watching here at the Paychecks Thrive podcast. Today, I'm talking to Solomon Lacks. Solomon is the CEO of Revenued, www.revenued.com. Solomon, first of all, thank you for joining me today. I'm very happy that you're here. Uh, and you're speaking to us from Baltimore, correct? Yes, Baltimore, Maryland. Very nice. And I'm right up the road from you in Philadelphia. So uh, we have a lot to talk about. I, uh, mm-hmm. I'm very interested in Revenued. Um, I've been through your site and some materials about the company sort of backwards and forwards, but obviously our listeners and our you know, our viewers have not been. So tell us a little bit about the company and, and also tell us about yourself and how you, how you came to be CEO of the company. Yeah. So, uh, I became CEO of the company partially accidentally, <laughs> okay. you know, and, and partially intentionally. What I mean by that is, is that, um, I took over a related company, which was one of the larger merchant cash advance companies in 2015 when a private equity fund purchased them. I came in as the CEO. Um, Through that company, we've done about a billion dollars of merchant cash advance. And uh, way back in 2016, you know, this is something everybody faces in their business. At some point you see, this is like roughly only a year after we took over the company. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm a fairly new CEO doing stuff that's pretty new to me. And all of a sudden we see basically uh, margin compression. We see margins just like fall off a cliff, right? Tremendous amount of unbridled competition coming into the space. Um, everybody's doing it, low barriers to entry. And we sort of had to rethink the business from scratch. You know, what, what, is, what is the value of it? And at that time, I started thinking about, you know, how do you develop um, business credit scoring, which is not dependent on FICO, you know, which is totally dissimilar from the way banks traditionally look at small businesses. Sure. Right. So banks look at small businesses basically as you're either um, asset based. So it's real estate or it's factoring or in the absence of those two or in addition to those two. It's the FICO score of the uh, business owner, okay. right? So people don't really have the ability or banks don't really have the ability to look past that and decide whether a business is financeable based on the business itself, its metrics, certainly not a, at a smaller size, right? Right. When you get bigger, you know, 10 million plus in, uh, in probably a little bigger than that, where, where you have 10 to $50 million in annual revenue, you start having accounting reports. Um, sometimes you have an audit. You have larger predictable cash flows. You have something that's large enough um, to have a human underwriter pick it out and take a look at it and say, you know, can we do a cash flow based loan to the, right. this business? Right. In the absence, in the vacuum of knowing anything about the, the owner. And even though I think the, who the owner is and the relationship with the bank plays a large part in it. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't start to get really just rationalized away from the owners until it gets much larger, right? So, roughly around that time, you had a sea change in this. You had a, a number of companies. One which you know, Amex is now rebranded. Um, that the Amex purchased Cabbage. You had Cabbage. You had On Deck. You had a couple other companies that 
you know, they came at this with, with a twofold value proposition, one which largely I think they fulfilled, and then the second one I, I believe largely not, or at least partially not. You know, one was is that uh, the process of getting a loan from a bank is just very friction filled. Right. It's like it's like it's like really cumbersome. You know, bring all your papers and then it's not enough, and come back and bring some more papers. You know, it's very paper driven. It's very laborious. Um, it's 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 unpleasant. And in addition to that, the second value prop is is well, you know, we're going to do credit scoring in a way, <clears throat> leaving aside all the uh, the the acronyms, you know, machine learning buzzwords. We're going to do scoring and we're going to do underwriting in a way that a human being, as a, you know, as a standalone, would not do. And we're going to develop new methodologies that are going to be at right angles to uh, FICO that are going to provide you know, what they call lift. And we're going to find um, those diamonds in the rough, right? We're going to find those businesses where your FICO score might not be very good, but you know, your business is really a robust business. Yep. And, sometimes, and sometimes it's simply because you know, building the business, you, you did stuff that impacted your personal credit score, right? It's just how you got there. I'm sorry, well, those companies, those, uh, those companies were looking at, like you were in the merchant, you know, advanced business. I mean, I, th I thought some of those companies were looking at advances, looking at, sorry, uh, revenues and cash receipts. They were able to tie directly into the point of sale systems that a lot of, you know, retailers or restaurants might have. And then based on that history, turn around and say, well, mm -hmm. that's actual data rather than assets or waiting for a financial statement. And we're able to, you know, loan you money based on that. That's, that's exactly right. right. So, so where it started was, was, was old school, what they called merchant cash advance, uh, which was started by a company called Can Capital that mm. uh, is, is not very active today. And it morphed into stuff like Shopify or Amazon or Square. some large tech companies, Square. Square is a very big player, mm -hmm. um, where they're doing exactly what, what, what you said, which mm -hmm. is they have a good amount of data flowing through their system already because they have a relationship, a processing relationship of some type with the merchant. And they look at that data and they say, well, you know, based on that data, based on just the revenue we see flowing through, we can build all sorts of algorithms and stuff, and we can say fairly safely that you know we can give you X dollars against that revenue stream. Right, and and that and that is really what uh, on deck and cabbage and revenue does. Augmented though with something a little different, which is is that you know the point of truth for Square or somebody like that is is we have your credit card processing, right. The data, the central data point for most other companies, um, not that there are so many of us, but the, the, the data point is really your bank account, right? So we're getting sure. to your bank account with Platt or similar. And then everybody has, um, you know, you can think of it as a recipe for a cake where mainly it's, you know, flour and water. And then everybody has the, the secret recipe they got from grandma where they put it in some other stuff to make it, you know, really tasty. Mm -hmm. So everybody, everybody bakes in some other stuff. You know, uh, cabs used to talk about UPS deliveries, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. and things like that. You know, however esoteric you want to make it, but the two main ingredients are really going to come down to, you know, your cash flow and your cash flow. So you I'm know, assuming you saw. Like? So then you saw an opening then in this market for revenue, right? Well, I mean, there was something that. Yeah. That, that, yeah. that those guys were not providing. And what was that? Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. So, so, so two things. One is, is I thought everybody else was doing a really good job on the frictionless process. 
you know, people were taking out paper from the process, people were making it fast. Um, largely, they were not operating in subprime, hmm. meaning there was still a hard cutoff um, roughly around 660, right? So a lot of near-prime activity. If you had a, F- a FICO over 660, um, you would you would pretty much be able to get an advance, or in this case, a loan or a line of credit, whatever was being offered. But uh, first of all, below 660, we really saw it still as being a vacuum. I see. Because, because the scores didn't get that much away from the, uh, the, the FICO as potentially you could. So you're saying even people that you know were could have been tied into these systems, even if their revenues were showing a certain level, because their FICO levels were below, uh, they they were in a subprime market, and and those lenders would ignore them. Correct? Still, yeah, not do yeah, business. So I, I I can't speak definitively for mm-hmm. Shopify or Amazon and, mm-hmm. and that, but but um, from the prism, from the viewpoint of how you're looking at a merchant. You know, again, thinking about baking that cake, mm-hmm. if if you see their bank account activity, sometimes that's going to largely identify with what Shopify would see and their processing activity. But many, many times it won't. Right. A lot of reasons for that. You know, okay. you have you have cash coming through your business. Also, you have a lot of checks. You're in a different type of business than just, you know, swiping credit cards. Right. So. For certain businesses, especially, bank account activity is going to be much more powerful than just, you know, credit card swiping. Yep. Right. That transactional. And, you know, so we saw that as being a real way to add value. We saw subprime. And then finally, we saw the ability to do a business card, right? Because in the card space, um, you know, and there's a lot of reasons why a merchant is going to want a card versus a line of credit which we do also, our term loan, right? There's a certain utility to a card. There's certain, uh, you know, use cases for a card that 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 you really need a card sure. for. Sure. We saw the we saw the ability to provide a card as being powerful, and from a marketing perspective, you know, we've been pleased because when we go to the sites like Bankrate and guys like that, and we say, look, you know, we got this card, and we're just fine with subprime credit. If you're a business owner and you have sub six sixty, you know, we like that. That's not something that we we reject. Hmm. Um, We're really uh, the only one of the few offerings uh, for that for that category, Hmm. right? If you if you go through one of these online sites and you you go through their filtering and everything, at the point where you answer, well, you know, I have a FICO score below six sixty, they're basically showing you a secured card. Yeah, not they're not showing you they're not showing you a a a business card right a secure card meaning that you have to guarantee you have to put up, put up, you have to put up cash yeah yeah gotcha. you, know, you have to put up cash you know the okay. the limits the limits are tight so i've yeah. got so i've got questions for you so first of all um yeah, is sure. this just uh like what industries you know uh, you know are usually the ones that would take advantage of this type of card i mean is it primarily retail and restaurants or no all no, over? It's, it's, it's everybody it is okay I mean, I mean really when when you look at our portfolio it is as evenly distributed as as small businesses. Good. Right. So it really looks like a map of small business, both geographically and by industry. I was told, particularly by people in the online banking business, that um, you know, capital and financing is always available if you're willing to pay the price. So, you know, are you saying that your your card is more expensive because sure. you are taking on more risk, but you are providing the capital that people need? 
Yeah. So, so the thing that everybody has to, you know, sort of grapple with is, is when is the capital worthwhile for you as a business? Yeah. What's the return you know, on investment, right? Yeah. What's, what's return on the investment, yeah. you know, and sometimes, sometimes, um, and I, 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 let me first address this and we'll talk a little bit about what, what we did and what we thought it made sense. Okay. But the first thing everybody has to understand is it's really risk-based pricing, okay. right? At the end of the day, the lender, whether it's us or someone else, what they care about is after their course of, you know, acquisition of acquiring you as a customer and after their course of default, like how many people don't pay you back, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? What is the spread, right? So the nominal, you know, APR of the thing may look high, mm-hmm. right? But there are certain, uh, you know, credit populations where you would just not be able to offer a car to right. if you couldn't price for your default. Right. And, and banks largely will say, like, look, you know, my regulator is going to shut me down if I do that. You know, I can't run a 6% or a 10% default rate. That's eye-popping. An average bank is like, at, you know, 2% or less on yeah. business loans. My uh, regulator is going to come in. They'll examine my books. They'll find I have an 8%, you know, default rate, and I'm charging 36%, you know, APR. Okay. They'll, say, they'll say, what the heck are you doing? And they'll, you know, I'll be in trouble, right? So, so banks don't go there. So the first thing to understand is there really has to be risk-based pricing to, in order to be able to tolerate a higher default rate. Understood completely. Um, so so how would a card from Revenued um, compare to a traditional card that I would get from a, I don't know, a Citibank or a Wells or whatever? I mean, how how, how do those compare? Sure. sure. So, so the Citibank and Wells and all those compare favorably for rate. Right. So like if you have a FICO score of 700 and you have a Wells card with, you know, a $20,000 limit, you know, you certainly should use that Wells card before you use the revenue card. Sure. The revenue card, uh, first of all, does not have 30 days free. Mm. Right. You're, you're, there's your so you're paying charge, interest right away. Yeah. Yeah. It's not it's not technically interest. But yes, mm-hmm. you know, from the from the user's perspective, it costs from day one. Mm-hmm. Um it has a good rewards program, so we're doing 3% rewards. Mm-hmm. It also has, which is, right now I think Amex is the only one who, who is starting to offer it, as a matter of fact, because they bought Cabbage. It has a flex line attached. Mm-hmm. So from our perspective, the pricing and the utility, we're agnostic to this. You know, you could take it as a draw. You can go to your account, you can pull down that same credit capacity. It's in your account the next day, right? So it's highly flexible as far as that goes. Um, what we really wanted to do is, what, this was the same thing I wanted to get to, was what we really wanted to do was something that would be a much better replacement for the traditional revenue-based financing, mm. right? Because because I would say about 25, 30% of small businesses have either taken or have some exposure to the old-fashioned merchant cash advance. And the issue with that really is it's pretty rigid, mm. meaning... It's like a term loan. You get it for six months. You get it for nine months. It's expensive. Let's say you decide you don't really need all that $30,000, right? You want to repay it after three days. Right. You, know, you, you used it to cover payroll for a week. Right. Right. You're sort of stuck. There is no uh, you know, better terms available other than what you managed to negotiate. There's nothing structural that allows you to say, okay, you know, I took it for three days. I took it for 20 days. You know, the fact that it was an APR, let's say 70 percent, doesn't really make a difference because right. it's really right. short term. 
And now here's the money back. Thank you very much. Right. So, so the answer in traditional MCA is, is, you know, thank you, but no, thank you. Right. You're still locked into the full term. Right. What we have is, is, is technically it's really a buyback, but it's a repay feature within the first 30 days, which is extremely inexpensive. What happens right? if you don't repay within the first 30 days though? Is it, does it get structured as a longer term or can you pay it down, you pay it off whenever? No, it, it's it, it it is structured depending on the terms that are offered originally. Right. It's either six month, nine month, but it, it's 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 meant to pay down so that the balance goes to zero over time. I see. Right. Unlike a credit card, it's not supposed to revolve forever. Got it. And do you, um, and do you make the same evaluations that these online vendors do that that you did when you were doing merchant advances? I mean, are you tying into um, your customers? point of sale systems or accounting systems or anything like that? No, we, we, we haven't found uh, that accounting systems are particularly useful because the way small businesses set them up. Not a lot great. Of times, yeah, not, yeah. Not, yeah. Not, 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 not great. reliable. So, I mean, a point yeah. of sale system obviously makes the most sense because it's, that's your just transactions are happening we, we, every we minute. Find, we find it all flows into your bank. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so ultimately we think that the bank account is really the most powerful, we'll call it the, you know, truthful source yep. about how business is doing, especially if you're pulling out cash flows for 12 months. Right. You know, which plaque can get you up to 12 months. You can really see what a business is doing. And then the models we have are built on at this point, you know, tens and tens of tens of thousands of transactions where you have a ton of data points, you have millions of data points over time, and you sort of can get a good read on what people are doing with cash sure. flow. Sure. So who is, I mean, listen, you're talking to a lot of business owners right now. I mean, who, who is that sort of ideal customer for you? Somebody that comes in your door and says, these guys are perfect for this. You know, it's really a tool because we don't have application fees and we don't Mm -hmm. charge annual fees. It's really a tool that everybody should have in their back pocket. Mm. Right. Because from that perspective, a ton of the usage we see is just rainy day. Mm. Right. As where someone says, and, and, and we used to have this like, you know, when it was manual 100 years ago in MCA, you always had a story, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, my insurance company is slow in paying. I'm going to miss payroll. I'm running a home health company. I'm going to lose all my people on Monday if I don't make payroll, you know, that sort of thing. So, you know, as, as, a, as a tool um, for rainy day, I think it's, it's a great tool for everybody just to have. But the second point is, is that... Um, we are starting to report now. I mean, we, we recently started this. We're starting to report to all the uh, the business uh, credit reporting uh, places, right? Down to Bradstreet and the rest. Sure. And I, I don't think business owners appreciate that there's this whole parallel structure of business credit that is parallel to personal credit and that it more and more is coming into play, right? And how do you build that? You know, how, how, do you, how do you build those things? How do you become aware of it? How do you become educated on it? So um, we're, we're starting to give people that. We're starting to do the reporting and also give them the reports. That is great. And and how long has the card been around? I mean, uh, when did you start this up? Uh, the card's been around a little bit over 12 months. No kidding. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. And where are you finding most of your business coming from right now? Um, it's mainly online and also a little bit um, from previous experience during PPP, right. which is, by, by the way, its own dramatic story. Mm-hmm. When, when we, we were about to start the beta of the card in 20, right. we, we actually had two cards out on the street 
went to a, like a vegetarian hamburger joint that used it straight through PPP, <laughs> never, never missed, never missed a payment. Anyway, like we just did not know what was going to happen in, in March of 20. And uh, we really threw a pass to Cross River that we had a relationship with. We ended up doing a million applications for PPP. Jeez. We, ended up, we, we funded off of the same platform, you know, $4 billion in PPP loans. Mm. Um, you know, and it, it was it was crazy because yeah. this, the system wasn't built for PPP. We had to duct tape it. Right. You know, basically, basically my software engineers were like doing the equivalent of duct tape around it to make it work. <laughs> but, 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 you know, we, 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 we at that point were in touch with a ton of small businesses. So, um, that's where you created your branding for it, I'm assuming, where people got to know. Uh, yeah. Uh, ho- uh, ho- look, uh, hopefully it was a great experience for wherever we got funded, but it was it was pretty crazy. Got it. You had, you know. So would you say, you know, and and I'll, I'll, we'll wrap this up. I, I just, you know, it's, it's a great form of financing. Uh, you know, this is really geared, it seems to me, and stop me if I'm, if I'm misinterpreting in a way. Those, you know, it's for all businesses, but particularly those businesses that are subprime businesses and other ones, ones that might have that credit score that's below what a typical credit card issuer or bank would go to, you know, to, to lend you money. Um, and it, and it's to me, whenever I look at financing opportunities like that, it's, it's like you match the financing with the project. It's, it's a short term thing. I mean, your interest rates are high, but I'm assuming that it's not as if a lot of your customers are really, getting this financing on an annual basis. I mean, they, they need the cash. No, no, yeah, 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 you're you're totally correct. In other words, it's too expensive to tolerate unless you have some like huge IRR, whatever you're doing. Right. It's too expensive to tolerate on a long-term basis. Like you should not put in place, you know, this type of financing for three years for a project, right. you know, uh, unless, right. unless you got, unless you got a crazy IRR. Right. But, but, but what we see is, 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 is a couple of use cases. One is just like, you know, short term cover coverage, you know, for an episodic need that, you know, it's hard to envision. The second is, is again, a high RR opportunity that you can trade out of, right. And you're either going to put in lower cost financing but aside from the low FICO population, what is actually surprising to me, because I, I thought exactly like you, is is we have probably about 30% of our customers have FICO scores over 700. Hmm. And, I, and I think I think the delta there is is that someone is underwriting them for a card hmm. and not a line of credit and saying, you know, here's your $20,000 card. Hmm. And their business needs one hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of credit, mm-hmm. and we're we're giving them that one hundred fifty thousand dollars. I see, right? So the capacity, the ability to extend, you know, a higher credit capacity, um, is prevalent in this type of you know meth- methodology. But I, I agree with you totally. I don't think that um, most businesses can tolerate you know above fifty percent, you know, which which. We go we go from the thirties and up, right? Yeah. So so for somebody to put it like a forty yeah. percent, you know, APR loan in place for yeah. three years, yeah. You know, you, you can do the math. You just have to have an IRR that's high enough to be able to do it. Makes Mo- sense. Most, mostly, we see the population pulling it, paying it back, pulling it, paying it back, using it episodically, and it, and it's self amortizing, right? So it's it's not hanging out there forever. 
Solomon Lacks is the CEO of Revendude. The website is revendude.com, R-E-V-E-N-U-E-D.com. Solomon, thank you. I want to wish you best of success with the card. It sounds like a great short-term financing opportunity for businesses to use. Um, So everybody, check it out. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you, Gene. Everybody, you... Yep, you've been listening to Gene Marks and the Paychecks Thrive podcast. I appreciate you listening and watching, I hope, as well. Uh, if you've got any tips or guest suggestions, please visit us at our page at payx.me forward slash Thrive Topics. That's payx.me forward slash Thrive Pop Topics. Again, thanks for listening and watching. My name is Gene Marks. We will see you again soon with another episode of Thrive. Take care. Do you have a topic or a guest that you would like to hear on Thrive? Please let us know. Visit payx.me forward slash Thrive Topics and send us your ideas or matters of interest. Also, if your business is looking to simplify your HR, payroll, benefits, or insurance services, see how Paychex can help. Visit the resource hub at paychex.com forward slash works. That's W-O-R-X. Paychex can help manage those complexities while you focus on all the ways you want your business to thrive. I'm your host, Gene Marks, and thanks for joining us. Till next time, take care. This podcast is property of Paychecks Incorporated 2023. All rights reserved.